0: You're listening to the Trusting the God of the Gospel podcast, created to help parents disciple their adopted or foster teenagers. Here are your hosts, Arthur C. Woods and Elizabeth Joy Woods.
1: Hey, welcome back to Trusting the God of the Gospel podcast.
0: Hey,
2: welcome
1: back. Thank you very much. We are supposed to have lighthearted interaction right now.
2: That is on the schedule right now. That's what the notes say. Some kind of lighthearted interaction with Liz and Arthur Mm -hmm. to start today's podcast.
1: I mean, you're cute. You're sparkling a little bit. That feels lighthearted to me.
2: Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, I I like it. I'll take it. And we have a date after this, too. I know.
1: I'm so excited. Whole Foods, here we come.
2: Yeah. (laughs) We enjoy a good grocery store.
1: I mean, who doesn't? They're open 24-7. There's always good food available, and they're well-lit.
2: That's true. I didn't really think about the well-lit part. (laughs) But yes, I do enjoy a good grocery store.
1: So now you know all of our secrets. Uh, so, yeah, we have been discussing several different topics or gospel concepts that might be difficult for our adopted and foster care teens to fully embrace. And you and I have been talking about them over the past several weeks to kind of maybe shed a new light on them or open some insight, hopefully, into how we can have these discussions with our teens.
2: Yeah, exactly. And today, uh, uh, I'm excited about today's gospel concept. And uh, I'm gonna give you a little bit of a word association here. Pickle. So, uh, yes, that was <laughs> it. That was the word. Uh, I have not told you yet what the word is.
1: I'm so nervous. Um, this is so, not a good. This is just not a good play on your part. Just nah, for the I, record, I
2: think I think we'll be all right. Okay. It, it's not. Uh, it's not designed to uh, get you in trouble at all.
1: Those things aren't.
2: Uh, so here's your word association. What are the first words that come to mind? When I say the word adoption.
1: Oh, never going to get it. Never going to get it.
2: <laughs> I, I warned you not to be negative. <laughs> Before we even started recording, I said, I'm not going to tell you what the word is, but don't skew negative on it.
1: Okay. I'm going to say five year journey. That's what I'm going to say. Five year journey okay been a long time okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but yeah i think i I, on a more positive note on a more less personal journey note um adoption is reconciliation i feel like adoption is the redemption of a story or it can be the redemption of a story um i've been redeemed i've been adopted when you talk about my salvation in christ my eternal destiny and my relationship with jesus and that's happened through that term, adoption. So in a different way in the worldly view, um, I think we can often look at the redemption of a future, the redemption of a story, um, and the redemption of family through the word adoption.
2: I really like that. In fact, I'm I'm becoming more and more about uh, redemption stories ever since uh, Saving Mr. Banks. Yes, that, yes. That movie where yes. it was all about it's the a redemption very of Mr. Banks. It's a very depressing movie, yeah. but
1: still very good. Yeah. I Solidly also, depressing and positive. I
2: should probably also say that I've been into the redemption story ever since I started reading the Bible when I was like four years old, too. Dude, that, that would
1: have been a better Christian thing also, to say.
2: Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, moving on from from that. So, yeah, today we're going to talk about adoption and the big idea being that through Christ, you can be adopted into God's family. Romans eight fifteen says this. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. So I think for me and you, we, when we hear the word adoption, while granted, it has been a very challenging journey for us, we do have positive thoughts about it. Yeah, absolutely. So our first question might be then, why would an adopted or foster teenager potentially struggle with the word adoption?
1: Some of the immediate thoughts I have are that to, to embrace adoption means that you must embrace something that was hard, something that was grieving, something that was broken. Um, And often I think our teens believe that if something in their story went wrong, then something with with them must have been wrong. So I feel as though to, to embrace the positive, you have to have a good understanding of the reality, which can sometimes be negative. Um, so that's one of the reasons that they struggle with, with adoption.
2: I like that. I, there's another another way that I look at it too is is I think for some of our kids our, our teens, depending on their story, adoption might represent them almost in their mind turning their back on their birth family. Yeah. And, and we've had conversations with kids about that before, whereas they think about adoption, it's kind of like, well, you've, you're now closing the door on my past family.
1: Right, never to be spoken of again.
2: Right, and it certainly doesn't have to be that way and probably shouldn't be that way. Right. Um, but I do think some of them have that, that thinking in their head that, that this is kind of the end of an era. My birth family is, is in a sense, no more, even if they, they do still live and exist on this planet. And, and I don't think that's, the, that's a good way to think about it Um, But I think for some of them, that's exactly how they do think about it.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with you there. I also think that if you're looking at adoption from a teenager perspective, you're looking at possibly, you know, um, binding them to that family, binding them to that set of authority, binding them to those parents, those rules, and this new future. And that's not typically something that any teenager jump right into.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, and I think there's now this one doesn't happen too often, but unfortunately, it happens often enough that it's worth it's worth mentioning here. Uh, some of these teenagers have already been through a disrupted adoption, yeah, where they were adopted into their quote unquote forever family, and forever wasn't quite as long as they thought it was going to be, and for one reason or another, the adoption felt it became disruptive, and now they potentially have. Just a really bad view of of adoption in their own mind.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. I think that that's a very real thing, um, but infrequent, like you mentioned. I think that something that is very similar and possibly more frequent is just the the constant flux and moving of specifically foster care teens that are constantly with one family, then another sure. family, then another family, and you know those families probably have best you know best intentions, but they may say immediately, oh, we love you, you're going to be part of our family, and six months later it doesn't work out, or right. three months later, or eight, you know. And it almost seems like, well, adoption and the judicial, judicial system and the paperwork is just irrelevant at this point. It just doesn't matter. I'm always going to be on my own.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I was uh, I was at a conference about a year ago, and, and uh, it was actually an adoption, adoption and foster care conference, and the presenter there said, for some of these kids, their adoption day, even if they absolutely love the family that they're being adopted into, is one of the worst days of their entire life. Yeah. And that's, that's hard to think about because certainly as, as you and I move toward adoption, as many people move toward adoption, we think of that as what a joyous day. We're looking so forward to it. We want to have a celebration. And for some of these kids... It's a horrible day in terms of what it actually represents in terms of, again, that closing the door on their past. Even if they had a, a bad past, it was still their past. Right, right. And adoption represents something new, which is obviously a good thing, but that is still, still really a struggle for a lot of these kids to suddenly embrace something new like that.
1: I think as parents, we need to be very, very aware of how egocentric we are in <laughs> our View of our families.
2: I'm great at that.
1: (laughs) I think that we need to be just presently aware, and I think we also need to acknowledge something. One of the reasons that most adults are so happy about adoption is because it is redemption. It's it's the helping or hopefully healing of something that has been hurt or wounded or broken. However, we and 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 we value that because it's been broken and now it's fixed. Look, da da, but what we need to realize is that the joy is not necessarily in the fact that it's been um, healed, although there is joy in that, but the greater emotion for our children is the grief in that it was ever broken. Right. You know, and and we need to really acknowledge that and respect that they need to be able to grieve before they can be able to embrace the
2: joy. Right. So you take all of that, everything we've been talking about for the past past three or four minutes, combine that all together and then kind of ask the question. So with these reasons in mind, How would that affect their interest in being adopted into God's family? Because one of the biggest portions of the gospel, and we read it here in Romans 8, is that we have the opportunity through Christ to be adopted into God's family. And we're excited about that. But why potentially could an adopted or foster teenager, uh, if we're using that language, that adoption language, why could that be a barrier to them?
1: I think one of the most obvious things is that we as humans are fa- fallible and we use the word adoption way too quickly or way too frequently and we don't, we want to mean it and we think we mean it, but it doesn't always actually happen. Like right. God's adoption is absolute. Our intentions to adopt are not because we're human.
2: Sure.
1: You know what I mean? They're not perfect. They're not always going to happen, case in point. But um yeah i think that I think that people struggle with adoption into God's family because because they don't know what absolute actually is
2: sure and they they haven't experienced perfect family right there's no such thing here on earth as as perfect family, and God is offering them adoption into a a with a perfect father and a uh perfect brother, if you will in, in right. jesus and and uh you know I think about again the the uh, the kids that have gone through a disrupted adoption say and and they they were adopted and they thought that was it they thought that was the forever family and it ended and now here we are saying yeah but God's gonna adopt you into His family right and you know you almost wonder well are they thinking like well great adoption's not forever it doesn't last long they say it they say it lasts forever but it really doesn't
1: right. And I think also as christians we love that term you know as christians especially if you're not in the orphan care world or the foster care world um we think adoption is all positive you know we've been adopted but um
2: yeah you're so lucky you've been adopted right right you've been
1: (laughs) you've been adopted yeah um but i think that we as christians just use it a little too frequently and put it in a little too bit of a positive light so we don't really understand the Word and the gravity of the Word because we have not walked the story of adoption. Sure. So only once we walk the story of adoption and grief and loss and then reconciliation can we truly understand we've been adopted. So this process has helped me understand my salvation experience and my adoption in Christ, but also my adoption in Christ helped me understand the adoption of, of the family that we are that we're building you know what I mean like it's a cycle it's a cycle
0: effect
2: yep absolutely so understanding that a lot of these these adopted and foster teenagers may be resistant to the term adoption when it comes to uh, being adopted into God's family I think we should do a list maybe like maybe four a list of four things I love lists four ways we can help our teens embrace their spiritual Adoption into God's family. Do you want to take the first one?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I think that we can speak positively about adoption. And I think that one of the key um, additions to this to speak positively about adoption is to speak positively from the center of the universe being the child that is being adopted. Mm -hmm. Um, Not so much like this is going to be great for our family. We love you so much, although all those things are true. But be on the same team of the child that is being adopted so that that child knows that you're on their team. Does that make sense?
2: It absolutely makes sense. And I think we also, while we do want to speak positively about adoption, we also want to be realistic that, again, they may not have positive thoughts about adoption. So let's let's process that. Let's talk about what they've experienced in their past and understand that that adoption in many ways is a beautiful, redemptive story, but it's also some ways it, it represents kind of the, the things that have gone wrong yeah. in their story right so as bestly as we can bestly i don't know if bestly is a word
1: i don't think so it's kind of like bsept
2: B-step, bestly uh let's speak positive about uh, adoption and then i think number two model positive healthy family can we model a family that Ad- uh, that, a, that a teenager wants to be adopted into? Can we model a family in a way that perhaps they've never experienced before? And not to say that our family is suddenly perfect because it never will be. But or even, the most fun or anything. Right, exactly. Or the coolest right. or whatever. I mean, we are. Oh, of course. But how do you how do you model great, loving, safe, appropriate family to a teenager who's struggling with the possibility of adoption i think that is that's one of the keys there yeah
1: i unfortunately my answer to that is it takes a tremendous amount of time and a tremendous amount of patience and honestly a tremendous amount of willpower on the parent to just keep going
2: yeah yeah absolutely so uh number one uh speak positively about adoption Number two, model positive health family. And what do you got for number three there, Elizabeth Joy? Number
1: three would be have someone who has had a positive adoption experience come and talk to them yeah. about their life experiences and about what they've, what they've gone through. And again, remembering that a positive adoption experience is not all of it, not the whole piece of right. the story or the whole piece of the pie, but um, someone who has maintained a relationship, someone who has a family, someone who has embraced Come and speak about the good stuff and the bad stuff, and help your kid, your teenager, process that stuff.
2: Yeah, I love that because it's there's something powerful about someone's story, especially when that person can empathize with your story. And perhaps we as adoptive parents can't empathize with with their story, but someone who has been adopted, who's gone through the journey, who's been through the good and through the bad, and who can say, "I've come out of it." Here's what, here's what I think. Here's why I think adoption yeah. is a good thing.
1: And one of the things I love about that often, too, is that as the parent, I think we often want to just be like, oh, we have have all the answers for you. You don't sure. need to go anywhere else. We've got yeah. all the answers. And as a, if I was a teen and my parents offered me another resource, I would feel confident in the fact that as a parent. They've given me what I need, but they're still going to be my parents. There's not going to be anybody else who's standing there waiting to pick me up or waiting to talk or waiting to hug me or waiting to whatever besides my parents. But other people are available to help me process.
2: Yep, absolutely. So I think that that takes us to our, our last reason. And again, we're going through how can we help our teens embrace their spiritual adoption into God's family? Number four. You don't have to use the word adoption Mm. to talk to them about the gospel. In fact, many translations of the Bible don't even have the word adoption anywhere in the entire scripture. So while the concept of adoption is certainly there, being adopted into God's family as a concept is there, there's no reason that you have to use that particular word if you get a sense that you're teenager has, at this point, a negative feeling about it. In fact, I think back to when I became a Christian. I was very young. No one used the word adoption with me. Right. We just talked about God and Jesus and being part of, of God's family and being children of God, and and that was enough for me. So I would say if there is a resistance to the word, then the word adoption, then there's no reason why we have to use that particular word we're not looking to change the gospel message or the concept of a go- of adoption but again it's not even in every version of the bible
1: right yeah and a lot of these things you know where we want to force a word or force an idea down someone's throat we just need to wait for maturity of that person you know life lesson 101 is people aren't going to be helped unless they want to be helped so if you know often I feel like with our teens we just need to wait for of maturity, a quiet stillness, and just be patient in that. And while we're being patient, continue to be loved.
2: Right. I think you're 100 percent right, and and I think that uh, kind of closes out that portion of the, the conversation regarding adoption. And over the past uh, several episodes of this podcast, we've unpacked. Uh, I guess we're up to uh, nine different gospel concepts that could be a struggle for adopted and foster teenagers. And and today, uh, closing off this. series with adoption. Uh, But we do have one final episode after this. It'll be our our 10th episode, and it's going to be a little different than uh, some of the others, than all of the others. What do you got uh, for us next time?
1: Well, it's going to be a list, I think. A (laughs) list.
2: Yes, it's going to be a list.
1: What we want to discuss next week is six questions that we can ask ourselves before we approach our teen to talk about God.
2: Yeah, perfect. Because our whole our whole podcast is is based on the idea that at some point you're going to have these conversations with your adopted or foster teenager, and we want to give you some tools, some guidelines. We want to give you a list that that says, hey, here are some things to think about before we even engage our adopted or foster teenager in that conversation. Right. So next time, that's exactly what we're going to be talking about, and then that'll be our last uh, episode for, so sad. for this here podcast. So sorry. Yeah. That. I'll miss you all. Yeah, i miss you too.
1: <laughs> Let's go to Whole Foods.
2: Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope this was helpful. See you guys later. Bye-bye.
0: Today's episode was brought to you by the Trusting the God of the Gospel video series. For more information on this powerful discipleship resource for adopted and foster teenagers, visit trustingthegodofthegospel.com forward slash shop. If you found today's content valuable, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast, and don't forget to subscribe. For more information on your hosts, Arthur and Elizabeth, please visit them at arthurcwoods.com or elizabethjoywoods.com. Thanks for listening to the Trusting the God of the Gospel podcast.